0: Hey, welcome to the show. Hi. Guys, what's up? I'm so excited. Holy crap. No, I'm not that excited. Actually, I am pretty excited. We're going to watch Andor. <laughs> Episode 7 of Andor. I'm going to fix my hair door. I'm going to hold hold Hodor. Remember Hodor? You guys remember that? Did you guys watch Game of Thrones? I'm like three episodes behind on House of the Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon. Last week, I actually finished watching... The season finale of The Lord of the Rings. Sorry, The Rings of Power. problem with The Rings of Power, I find, often, is it's bad. It's a bad show. If you're watching The Rings of Power and you like it, please tell me why. Because it is a soulless, empty show where nothing... I don't care about anybody, and things don't seem to... uh, It's just one thing happens, and then another thing happens, and then another thing happens. It doesn't really feel like it's a good show. You know what I'm saying? Well, here we are, live streaming again. If you're, I'm living the stream. If you're not streaming, you must be dreaming. I don't know what any of this means. It probably doesn't mean a thing. Interesting. Well, guys, I'm just waiting for people to show up. We're going to hang out here. I'm going to talk about, I got my booster shot today. I got my bivalent booster shot. Booster shot. Uh, The bivalence, here's the thing with bivalence. What that means is it's like a covalent bond. As We were talking about chemistry. If we was talking about chemistry right now, you'd be like, that's one more valent than most valents are. That's a bivalent. That valent goes two ways. That's how many valents I got today. I got a bivalent uh, Moderna shot in my arm. The best part about that is they gave me the shot. See, let me prove it to you. I got a Band-Aid. They gave me the shot, right? And then they put the Band-Aid under the shot. If you want to see what that looks like, go to my Instagram. It's hilarious. I put it up there. I said, you missed. It's the funniest part about that is they. that's their job is to give a shot. But they don't even care. They said, ah, whatever. It's just a pinprick. And they, they missed putting the Band-Aid over the injection site. And I found that hilarious. It's on my Instagram stories right now. I'll show you right here. Let me show you. I said, she was close, but no cigar. Why did they say that, close, but no cigar? I don't want a cigar. It makes your breath smell funny. See? You can't see it. Hey, let me turn down the brightness. See, that's where they gave me the shot, and that's where they put the Band-Aid. They put it underneath. I readjusted. I adjusted, I readjusted the shot. Take the shot, man. what's that from? I feel like that's John Travolta speaking through me. What are you guys up to? I am uh, hanging out here. I felt really woozy. Let me just tell you, I got the bivalent Moderna shot. This is my second booster. I feel a little bit sweaty on the back of my neck. I feel like my hair is standing up. You guys see any difference? I feel a little bit strange feel like I could probably go for some uh, duck liver pate. I don't know. I'm a vegetarian. It seems very cruel to want to eat that right now. But uh, sometimes you got to eat what you got to not eat. What's going on? Kenny, how's my sound? How's my... Is it sound good? How's this? If I'll turn this knob, if I knob this turn all the way, maybe you could hear that. Oh, boy. So I was. I had to take a nap this afternoon. I wasn't feeling well. I was woozy. I still am kind of woozy. Got like the cold sweats around my stomach area. It's been a minute, guys. I haven't seen you in a while. I, I'm excited to be here and hang out with you. What have you been up to? I was watching this thing today with Marco Rubio. I call him Micro Rubio. And this lady said, hey, Micro Rubio, I remember boy, you didn't lie so much. And he seems to lie a lot, you know, because the GOP and Marco Rubios they don't have any Roibos, they don't have any integrities. If I had a, a roibos tea, it's a roibos, it's not a tea. But if I had that, I'd call it integrity. If I had a tea company, somebody write this down. If I have a tea company that sells tea, it's going to be called integrity. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome, world. Dogs are some of the coolest people I've met in my life I think I might get a dog I actually really want to get a dog I want to take care of a, another being I used to have a plant in here but now I don't have a plant in here and that was the other that was the second most complicated complex organism in this apartment that I know of com. is that like a real thing? let me click on that Integrityrocks you know what I could do? I could copy it here, on here, and then paste it on my phone. I'm gonna see what that happen- What happens if I do that? Hey, Corruptor, welcome to the show. I gotta make you an intro. I make everybody an intro up until about a year ago, and then that stopped. <laughs> uh, organic taste tasting. Oh, I don't like it. Integrity. I'm gonna sue them for breach of stealing my contract uh, stealing my idea in the past this is this is what i'm going to sue i'm going to sue them for stealing my idea in the past because they knew that i was going to come up with it eventually and they stole it from me get out of here integrity you have no integrity hang on i gotta put this light in my eyeballs is that better that's a little better you gotta have an eye light you gotta have a catch light they call that a catch light you gotta catch your light i gotta fix this uh let me just do this yeah that's better you should make your ideas in nfts if i do that then there's no way to copyright it and for them to steal the copyright of it because it will be nft and that means it's real Everything is real in NFT. Is my voice distorting? Let me know if my voice is distorting, because I I, I sometimes listen back. Here, I could actually do it myself. I, if I sound like Thanos in Guardians of the Galaxy, fine, I'll do it myself. You know Thanos, Gamora's father. Gamora is the daughter of Thanos. Families can be tough. Video capture, sound alerts, microphone, augs. Oh, right. Let me see what that sounds like. I'm going to hear my own voice for a second. It sounds great. My voice sounds very mellow. Very, very mellow. I should probably turn up this a little bit more. All right. They call it mellow yellow. Ah, that's even better. That's probably even better. Check that out. It's less warm, but more stark. More stark raving mad. That's what we want here. Advanced audio properties. Let's try... I'm stark raving glad that you're here to watch Andor with me. Very excited. Uh, sounds like a podcast, doesn't it? Welcome to the podcast. Uh, we're here to say, uh, sell you some cho- salty chocolate balls. Welcome to the show. Kyraptra, it looks like it's you and me. Gonna watch some Andork. We're gonna be Andorks together watching Andor episode 7. Ooh, I gotta change that. I gotta change that. Hold on a second. Watch this. This will be magic. This Jesus is Lord. This salad is magic. There we go. Okay. Episode seven. We watched episode six last week. We had a big discussion about it. Big discussion. You could hear that on my po- on my podcast at Aristotle. Full throttle on Spotify or whatever. We had a good discussion with me, Koroptera, uh it was Isis Will, and it was me. Also, I was there, so was Andor. You were there, and you were there, and you were the Cowardly Lion, and you were the Scarecrow. And, and, and Toto, Toto is a band from the 80s. Here's a connection to Star Wars. Corruptor, get this. Do you know the band Toto? I heard you entered.
1: Um, yeah, I've met them.
0: You've met Toto, so that you know how there's like 17 members and there's like 14 singers.
1: Right, you know that already. They're they're all little little scruffy dogs that are actually ugly, and I don't know why everybody pretends they're cute.
0: I know. What's wrong with people? That's an ugly dog. The dog's haircut is worse than mine. I I'll, I'll, the band Toto, interestingly enough, get this: uh, the singer for the band Toto is. This is the Star Wars connection that you never even thought. Toto is the band that goes like this. I miss the rains down in Africa. That's that flat. But they sing that song. They also sing Rosanna, Rosanna. Mm-hmm. You know that band, right? You've heard those songs. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, let me play. Uh, That's just a clip. This is going to be, this is going to blow your mind. See, Toto probably okay. the first song is Africa. That's what it's going to sound like in a second. I was in the right key in my head. That band that you just heard, get ready for this. Are you ready for this?
1: I've I've been anticipating it for the past minute and a half. I'm so Y'all ready. you ready
0: for this? Um, Maybe. I don't know. If... If we hit our next benchmark on fundraiser of a dollar, I will announce <laughs> this big secret that I'm holding. No, uh Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> no, here's the thing that's going to blow your mind. The singer for that band is John Williams' son. John Williams, the composer for all the Star Wars movies and everything and Indiana Jones and the Harry Potter's John Williams Williamson john williams the guy who wrote all of those songs for all of those movies his son is the singer for toto isn't that crazy
1: so you're telling me that john williams is truly the most influential musician of the past 100 years
0: not only am i telling you that but i'm telling you that his son in the end of the ewoks of a, a, a Return of the Jedi. When all the Ewoks are celebrating, there was an original song called Yub Nub. There was an original song called no. Yub Nub.
1: Yub, Yub Nub, Nub by Toto?
0: <laughs> yes, very close. The, it, the music was composed by John Williams. The lyrics of Yub Nub. Yub Nub. Now, it sounds like a sexual act. It is not. It is a song by the Ewoks. It is, get your mind out the... Get your mind out the endor. Get your mind out your endor. <laughs> All right, Yubnub, go like this. Ready for it? Don't give Wait, me a copyright strike. Oh, I strike. have
1: to turn on the. I have to turn on the Twitch because I'm listening to Discord. Okay, okay, uh, okay. I'm ready now.
0: Okay, Yubnub live. Who did Yubnub live? It's Ewok celebration live now. This is this was the original ending. Yub dub. Guess who wrote the lyrics for that? Hey, there goes Lewis Berry first. Thank you for your first. Thank you for your first. I hope it's not the only, but thank you for the first. I'm glad you're the first. Lewis Berry, are you gonna watch Andor with us? I'm just talking about. This uh, song called Yub Nub at the end of Return of the Jedi. The original Return of the Jedi, Yub Nub, was the song, and the lyrics were written by John Williams' son. Also, John Williams' son happens to be the singer for Toto. Judy, welcome to the show. Judy, did you know that? I did not know that. Not too many people know that. That's what... Yub Nub by Toto is
1: there. the funniest phrase I've heard all day.
0: It does. It's like Nonsense it just sounds like nonsense do you know yub dub by toto that that's what it sounds like when people trying to get me to watch their shows because because they're like they're like did you see yellow blue jacket did you see the man up in the tower did you are you watching snapple sauce are you watching that show it's a hit <laughs> show that's are you watching yub dub by toto that's that's what i feel like when people are trying to talk to me Lewis Berry says, Lewis Berry, isn't that the guy in What We Do in the Shadows? Or is that Mark Berry? Um, uh, Lewis Berry says, this is a great Matt episode. Barry. And, well, that's great. Thanks for uh, letting us know. It's great. We're, uh, uh, we've been watching the show this whole time. We, at every show, every episode has been good to great. And last episode was excellent. Um, So... Yes. Oh, uh, hype for the rest hope to so, so, yes we're all excited for, for all what's to come in Andor what I love about Andor um, now I've been watching it we're six episodes in halfway through the first season this is crazy I love the I love the show but there's no not enough people watching this show Did you, do you realize that and, and, and I'm asking people like why are you sleeping on Andor why can't you watch this show and people say Oh, well, I know what happens with Andor. Now, spoiler alert, if you watched Rogue One, you know what happens with this character. But at the same time, what they have shown us in these first six episodes is there is plenty of excitement to be had in this series. Last week on Andor, last week on Andor, they showed some of the coolest visuals I've ever seen in any Star Wars that rainbow sky, meteor shower. How cool was that? It was lore. It was like new lore. We didn't, you know, they didn't have to do that, but they did it because it's cool. They said, look, this is what happens on this planet. We're going to use it as a distraction to steal money from the Empire. And when I say they, I mean this, this burgeoning rebellion uh, that seems to be, I'm really excited to see what happens in the formation of a rebellion that against this gigantic, gargantuan, uh, insurmountable foe—the empire, the cold, the uh, antiseptic, the completely—what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, sterile empire versus these, like, kind of grow these rebels that need to wash their hands because they look dirty, uh, but they probably can't afford a shower. Stupid rebels. They need to <laughs> They need to shower more is all I'm saying. I'm saying with all that money they stole, all those credits they stole last week, they should buy a, a bathtub. I'm excited to see what the second half of this season brings because the last episode felt so climactic that it's like I can't even imagine where the show's going to go. What, what are you looking forward to in the show? Y'all in the Discord, we got Chiroptera and Jude hanging out in the Discord. Well, I actually I have a
1: question for you. What point of... Um... Mr. Harmon's story circle. Do you think we're at right now in the season?
0: Mark Harmon or Dan Harmon? Because Mark Harmon's Wish on I NCIS. Never... Oh, okay. <laughs> uh...
1: <laughs> the dude who made that that dude. You know the dude. That guy. Mr. Uh, guy. I will.
0: That's interesting that you bring that up. The story circle by Dan Harmon. It, if you're familiar with it, it's um, it's. I want to say a formula. I want to say it's a checklist in his head that he has to sort of uh, go through because he's the creator of shows like Community and also the show Rick and Morty. So he has this, he thinks the most powerful and effective way to tell a story has to hit these several points. Um, And he always makes sure that his shows that he writes hit all of these points. Otherwise, he knows that it will leave the person watching it Feeling like they are missing something. He, he thinks he will be short, he will be giving his show short shrift. Sorry to say that, show short shrift. Uh if he does not meet certain requirements that he has created for himself. And it's called the story circle. Um now that seems to be episodic. It seems to be he wants to create that in every single episode. Um so a lot of times they he has a theme in his mind, and then he sort of harps. It's kind of like a songwriting thing. It's um, very similar to a songwriting thing. If you hear a chorus enough times, you will, you will feel satisfied. And if you listen to the Red Hot Chili Peppers, you will hear that chorus two more times than when you were satisfied with it. Um, so I think as far as the entire season goes, we are technically at the midpoint. Uh, and I'm wondering if he if the creators of this show are even thinking about... Well, they probably are because every episode really does seem to be thought out. It seems like they really have an idea of each specific theme in each episode. And um, they're very aware of what they're trying to say with this show. And I really, really quite enjoy that about the show. So I don't really know at what point in the story circle we're at. I, I know that we're we've achieved a major goal... <laughs> Right, just last week, because they stole, they were supposed to, I think it was like 500 million credits all told, but they stole 80 million. They weren't able to, you know, they got they got away with a lot, which was money to help fund their rebellion. And they had that little guy who wrote a manifesto, which, um, which I think is going to play well into the whole plot of the rebellion and how they are formed and what their whole ethos is, because the empire, this character was saying last episode, they don't have any morals. They don't have any tenets. So he feels that building a new Republic or building, creating a rebellion must have certain principles. And he actually, in the last episode was talking about how sometimes you have to kill. Sometimes you have to compromise your personal principles for the greater, for the greater, achievement the greater goal so i'm really interested in seeing what these characters have to do because we have seen and or kill in order to preserve the greater good because he killed uh Sh- Skeen last week charlie Skeen. Mm-hmm. he they, ki- they killed him last week and it was because he saw that Skeen was not in it for the rebellion for the greater good and it's in the show so morally gray that way it's interesting what about what you? what i'm looking what forward
1: think? to Um, is exactly what you're describing is the, uh, the kind of detailed look that we're getting at the rebellion, because a lot of the star Wars movies are like, you know, it's good. Trump's over evil, but the, the specific ways that the empire was able to take hold and control the, the galaxy kind of gets glossed over. And I think this, this show's doing a good job of showing how fascism uses its power in specific ways because i think that maybe audiences have gotten used to kind of popcorn style star wars media where it's like feel good um fun action not very challenging <clears throat> excuse me there's uh, wildfires happening out here i heard but, about um, that yeah it's just smoky out um but yeah, I think that this show is doing a really interesting job of showing how a rebellion can prevail over a, a massive fascist force, which I think is, uh, you know, it's it's always timely. There's always somebody thinking like something something big has to change. What can I do? And it it's showing this small force using its principles, like you're saying, you know the. The empire has no <laughs> no central belief other than we want to be powerful. We want to be in control. Yeah. So I, I like that a lot.
0: And we we actually know what uh, Daryl says. Uh, that's it's interesting because the empire the emperor has a very narcissistic approach. He wants power. He wants um. Mm-hmm. He definitely wants power over, uh, the like, for personal reasons of the galaxy. And that's his personal drive. But he he puts it under the, the guise of order. We must have order in the galaxy. So, um, hey. uh, Daryl says, there almost was, but Cassian shot Skeen, and they shut that down real quick. Plot twists and betrayal. There was not. Um, Andor is okay. Daryl, I would say that Andor is excellent. I think that... Uh, it's really interesting to say to see a show that is really feeling like you're on the ground with actual people in Star Wars, and uh, that's what I enjoy about it. I let me know what you enjoy about it. Um, possibly great. I'm curious after about six.
1: what somebody somebody who thinks it, it's okay, what maybe they think it might be missing. Because I don't even know too. what could be missing. Because I'm thoroughly, I'm involved. <laughs>
0: And last week, yeah, we were talking about just now the Empire. You pointed out when the um, Imperial generals were talking, they were using Imperialism as their mode of thought. They were talking about the people that were on the planet. The um, I forgot what they're called, but the the people on the planet that they were at... <laughs> They were saying how they're just, oh, well, they're primitive and they're simple people and we can just take advantage of them and they don't know any better and we're bringing order to them. And it was like, wow, that is totally imperialism. I had to catch that the second time I watched it. Um, But that is just incredible. It's such depth. And I am getting kind of worried about Star Wars and the series and the Disney Star Wars because this show, to me, is the most full-fledged show that they have produced Especially, out of the, I mean, Mandalorian's great, but it's very episodic. Mandalorian is like, okay, now we're over here and now we're over there. So far, this has been one and or this first half of the season has felt like this huge world building um, one central story that we're actually getting hooked into. And I'm loving that. The Mandalorian, you know, it's good. It's great. However, it's it's kind of relies on oh it's a cute little baby Grogu and, and here comes a here comes a badass who could just kill everybody because Beskar makes him indestructible, which is fine, which is cool, except I think that that they kind of lost their way in the sense that at the end of episode uh, at the end of season two of the Mandalorian it was incredible, one of the most incredible things ever Star Wars gave us, uh, which was that moment where Din Djarin has to get separated from Grogu, and it's the most emotional, powerful thing. And then, and then in the middle of Boba Fett, they just said, oh, no, we, we forgot. We're just going to erase that whole thing and get the kid back, because we know what, we like money and how money smells and tastes, so we want all the money, and we found out that this little Grogu was a cash cow. They, see, Grogu is a symbol for Disney, because get this, in the show, you've got the Kaminoans, the cloning people trying to clone Grogu. They're trying to get Grogu's blood. That's Disney right now. <laughs> Disney is like, this blood is worth so much money. We got to get Grogu's glo- blood. He's a cash cow. Um, and or, on the other hand, this is what my worry is. My worry is this show is so good in the sense that it feels like its own thing and it's building a world and it's building a story and Diego Luna is incredible in it and Stellan Skarsgård and the actor who plays Mon Mothma is incredible. They're all incredible at acting. And this is high quality Star Wars, but people are kind of going, meh, I don't know. I don't really like it. And it that just makes me worried for the future of Star Wars because if people aren't watching... Yeah what seems to be, by almost every measure, the best quality show that Disney Plus, the Disney Lucasfilm, has produced so far. If people aren't watching this, we're going to get more Obi-Wan, which was fine. We're going to get more Boba Fett, which was not great. And those shows just felt like, People playing in their sandbox with their like Darth Vader and their Obi Wan toy, like mm, yeah, let's have them kiss, you know, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like that's, I feel that's,
2: that's what it is, though, is that it, they don't have these toys. The, these these aren't characters that people know, and right. so they're feel, they're mm. having a hard time because they're not in their comfort zone. They're totally taken out of their comfort zone. They don't know this this part of the Star Wars world, and so it's uh, not easy for them.
0: That's, I think you just hit the nail on the head. I think that that's disappointing because
2: yeah.
0: like, I, but that's exactly it. We, get, we just get fed what's comfort food for right. Star Wars. It's like over and over and over again, and I'm like, I want something new. When, when the sequel trilogy was announced, my imagination went completely bananas like I was like wow all the things that they're able to do now in a galaxy far far away with limitless with limitless potential you literally can just have a talking garbage can and a slug alien talking to each other on Star Wars and I'll be like yeah that's fine I get it that's cool I'm down with this whatever (laughs) you know like you can (laughs) you can literally have any force power any force power each movie, that's that's what they've done sequentially throughout the entire history of Star Wars. Every movie, they introduce us to a new aspect of the Force. And every time, I'm like, cool, I get it. It's the Force, bro. It works in mysterious ways. So they just kind of blew it on on that overall factor. and And I think, Judy, you're exactly right. It's like, I don't want something that doesn't, remind me of every single thing that I've seen already in Star Wars. But for me, I want that. I want to feel like I'm in that world. Like, Andor makes me feel like I'm literally living inside of that world. And the other stuff feels like fan fiction to me.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, Daryl says, the actors are great. However, the antagonists are non-existent. How does the space Nazi empire not have villains the way that the Mandalorian and Obi-Wan have. Riva is a complex villain, by the way. Listen, I got no problems with Riva. I got no quarrel with no Ewok. But I would say that you you don't... See, that's the thing. That's the black and white, I think, that people crave. However, um, you don't need... And I think there's plenty of villains. That's the, that's the beautiful part about Andor. It's like, not everybody who's, quote, good is all good. And not everybody who's bad is all bad. And also, I think we're going to have some surprises with some characters. Because corporate dude, I, I honestly cannot tell which way he's going to swing. I feel like he, he's shown us that he's, his pride is so damaged that he wants revenge. So he might turn evil. But he seems such a vulnerable character and has such an overbearing mother. See, like, you can't say this about a lot of characters in Star Wars. You can't go back through their history and their family and their family dynamic and his uncle who has a job that can get him. It's it's This is what I think works for television. This is what we want to see week to week. We want to see a story unfold. And I'm okay that there's no Darth Vader or there's no emperor villain in the show. I'm okay with that because clearly there are people vying for power in the empire that it's actually an interesting struggle to see how they work, how they just completely undercut each other. And it's like this narcissistic evil climb to the top. Whereas uh, there's problems with the rebels. They have to organize. They have to figure out what they're doing. They have to figure out how to do it. And that's very fascinating to me. All of that is very fascinating. I
2: think they're,
1: I think you're um, you're finding the difference here. they're They're right, there is no single villain, And maybe we've grown used to like, well, there's a bad guy, and that bad guy causes all the bad things to happen. But this show is doing a great job of characterizing the empire as a whole, as a as an organization full of people who are kind of bad, maybe not one extremely bad person, which like that's what Emperor Palpatine would be. Um, Darth Vader was an extremely uh, heinous guy. But overall, the entire organization, like you said, encourages them to undercut each other, encourages them to do heinous things. And then when they're faced with their own death, they don't have any conviction towards the Empire. And that's why the Empire ends up losing to the teeny tiny rebellion.
2: Yeah. And uh, I,
1: I wonder if having that that singular villain is more comforting or like it's not as um, what is one of the word. It doesn't shake people as much as thinking an overall organization can just turn people bad through encouraging their selfishness, which is more realistic in my opinion. That's, that's more like what happens every day on earth. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's not feels one real. big Can I, bad.
3: Can I just say, hey, Cassian, hi, Cassian is a pragmatist, and I love that about him.
0: Yes, he's I very mean, much a pragmatic character.
3: The, well, they're showing that there are levels to the rebels as well. Mm-hmm. There are people yeah. who have different, you know, ideals of, or different like points of view about how they should approach how they fight uh, the Empire.
0: And it's interesting because the Empire seems like this well-oiled machine, supposedly, because they got all suits, like, matching attire. But, like, um, you know, there is that undercutting culture there, and then there's, like, the... Because people make up the Empire, and people make up the Rebellion, so it's interesting to watch that infighting that goes on. Um, and you know the, they're exploiting the vulner vulnerabilities to the audience at least of the Empire, and it's obviously their hubris. It's like so much part of that what makes them vulnerable, and what has what these rebels have to do <laughs> is find is take advantage of the hubris of the Empire and the power, the seemingly unlimited power.
3: Well, of, the, of and you. the Empire relies on optics to instill fear.
0: Yes. Absolutely. And also a planet-destroying weapon, but we don't, we haven't seen that yet. Uh, Phenomenotics says, I was worried about the future of Star Wars in 1986 in after I realized no more Star <laughs> Wars after Jedi. Then again, Episode 3 came out. Pretty sure Disney will ride Star Wars as long as possible. Yeah, Disney, they know what the cash cow is. They know what... Where, they like the smell and taste Disney. of money. Yeah. It's just... They've oh, been exactly. around like 100, 100 years making money off of Properties.
3: Well, and also what were you say? George, George Lucas. This is how you make space politics captivate.
0: Right. That was the problem, I think, with the prequels is that George Lucas was like, "Oh, these that that's a very funny supercut on on YouTube where they keep showing like George Lucas saying these are movies for kids, and then they show all the boring governmental procedures from all the prequels, <laughs> like all of the super boring." These are kids' movies. Like well, C-SPAN, Star, War,
3: Star Wars. C-SPAN,
0: Star Wars. C-SPAN, Star Wars, exactly. But this is an actual drama. And we haven't had yeah. actual drama in a show. Um, we're about three minutes away from watching and or episode seven. Um, a reminder, when we watch the show, when the characters on screen are talking, we'll, we'll refrain. And then if it's a scene transition, we can make a comment if we have a comment. Daryl says, Cyril is a decent almost antagonist. However, why is Luthen so worried nonstop about being caught if there's no antagonist actually threatening them and looking for rebels? It's a little confusing. I don't feel confused by that. I feel that Luthen is a mysterious character that I want to find out more about. Like he seems to have a conviction and I want to know why. Also, he changes his whole persona in the show. That was unexpected. He has a persona and he's got, I guess, himself, but I don't know. Like, that's an interesting way to be a double agent or whatever. I don't know what he,
3: what yeah. quite motivates I'm, him. I'm getting but like f- Sauron vibes from him.
0: Sauron? Oh, wow. Okay. Speaking, we were to. <laughs> Earlier we were talking about. I was mentioning the that there was the season finale of The Rings of Power on Friday, Mm -hmm. and it's a soulless show where there's just a (laughs) sequence of events. (laughs) Everything that happens in that show, I don't care about. (laughs) It's pretty sad. I just
3: when the Fiona Apple song came on during the credits, I was like, "Oh no!"
0: That that whole show is is is.
3: Yeah, but I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna keep
0: watching it. You're just gonna watch things happen. They're like, oh, now we meet know. Rings, I and know, now we have but swords. You know
3: what? It's like an entertaining screensaver. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Daryl, uh, Cyril is a decent, almost antagonist. But that's what I love about these characters is they're not black and white. Is that you're? I think the things that you're mentioning that perhaps are jumping out at you as confusing or maybe you're disinterested in are the things I actually find interesting. So those are the things that I, I like a character that I don't know what side they're going to end up on. I don't know what side Cyril's going to end up on. Uh, It would be surprising. And also I would not be surprised if Luthan becomes bad. I'd be very hurt because I like him. So that's a really cool thing that a show can do to you. It's like you actually. Yeah.
3: I'm sorry. I didn't interrupt. Go ahead. No, I'm saying like sometimes in certain contexts with TV shows, I kind of like being confused. Like I appreciate it if I feel like it might pay off.
0: Yes. I like a mystery unfolding. We like to be surprised. I like when, when, um, Yeah. You're kind of like, why did they do this? Why did they do that? I'll always go back to Breaking Bad because I feel like this show has elements of storytelling that Breaking Bad had, which the way that they um, introduced us to just... So, for instance, the main character, Walt, he starts out, quote, a good guy, and he breaks bad, He becomes, quote, a bad guy at the end of the whole show. But he's so gray throughout, and he would always do these things, and every episode was really smart about this. The writers were smart about this. They would like, see, show him do something. And you're like, I don't know what he just did, but I know it will pay off at some point. And it usually did. It always did actually in that show. That show was very tightly written. They wouldn't show you something unless it, it meant something.
3: And so this is kind of, it's classic, but a more, much more broad version. Like with the movie Clue, they let you know right away that all of these people are generally terrible people, but you weren't yeah. sure how terrible each of them were. Like, how far they would go.
0: And not only were they terrible, you could imagine any one of the people in the show Clue having done it. And they...
3: Exactly.
0: <laughs> that movie's great, if anybody has yes. not seen it, because Madeline oh, Kahn no. is in it. Um, yes. Alright, so now we're going to watch the show. We're going to watch... Andor episode seven. So if you are watching along, if you want to have a group watch link, um, you could join, you could subscribe, you get a you get a access to the Discord. And in the Discord, we have a channel for Andor and other things. And you could jump onto the chat and talk with us live and also watch with us live. So I'm going to press play. And people who are watching this later, like the, the VOD or whatever, if in fact you are watching that, the timer is on the screen. As soon as they show the Lucasfilm logo on the screen, that's when I will start the timer. All right. Let's go. Yeah. We're watching the recap. See, Luthen, I like that guy. Uh Uh-oh. Sinking the group. I just
1: paused it on exit, sorry.
0: <laughs> You've sunk the group. <laughs>
1: I'm so sorry.
0: <laughs> We're all drowned. All right, let me Okay. So, another gentle reminder during the show, don't do what I'm doing, which is talking at the same time as the people on the screen.
1: We're going to ban you from the Discord,
0: I like that guy. Hmm. That guy was great. I like that each member of the team felt like a person, feels like a person. Now we discover they have a relationship that we don't know about what extent it is. I feel like it's the implied lesbian relationship that Disney will only go as far to do.
1: (laughs) They only imply.
0: That actor, she is fabulous. She was in Macbeth, the Joel Cohen one. She's incredible. She has such... Lucasfilm, we're starting now. The timer. Uh, She definitely feels like the most powerful character. But it's cool how her power is undercut by her family.
3: I still think she's... Felicity
0: Jones's mom. And we're not, we're going to completely reject that idea wholly. <laughs> Cause the show is not, as Judy said, a familiar soup of member berries. The show is a, let's try something new. For one. It's space. still part
3: of the star Wars universe.
0: Yeah, but it's not though. We've seen that these people know what they're doing. Not like JJ Abrams or anybody else. I will debate you on that. All right, kids, come you got over.
1: until they start talking.
0: <laughs> yeah. What did you think about that episode, episode seven of Andor?
3: That scene with Cassian and was it Marva with star Um. Uh, yes. When they were and when she, like when she said when he said did, I won't have peace.
0: Did you cry uh, too? No, I'm not crying.
3: No, I know I did. I literally did. I I did like tear up hardcore because that's, I'm like, yes, that's that's love. There's nothing you can do about that.
0: When she said, I can't can't go and you can't stay, I was like, oh my God, that's just hard reality. That's very sad. Mm -hmm. And I got choked up and I, I ask you, Viewer, I ask you in the chat. I ask all of the Star Wars fans: How often do you feel that much while watching a Star Wars? That was incredible. This was there were so many powerful scenes in this episode. Um, standout episode uh, or scene for me was Mon Mothma and Tay, that, that her ally, who you can instantly see that they. This is the great thing about the show you know that these characters have a history instantly you saw them they they the way that they related it's like they trusted each other they knew each other there's a warmth between them and Mathma's own um spouse and their daughter they don't even you know there's like a coldness there this is she doesn't have an ally she doesn't have someone uh, even in her own home that she could trust and even luther it was like who I need you can't just be going around stealing money is like this because I got to like lead and I got to and it's it's such a really good insight into Mon Moth's, Mothma's uh, becoming the leader of the rebellion, which is incredible. So.
1: Yeah, I think uh, that oldness too, like that's not totally out of the realm of reality because like you've known people with uh, rich families that can be something that comes up in a life of privilege like the 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 stark difference between her and like and Cassian's family where they're mm. they're obviously you know they chose each other and they're close and they care about each other so much and like her daughter that probably came out of her body she's like yeah you can be excused i guess
0: right right that's a well, really good and- uh parallel is that Cassian's family is chosen and her family is maybe chosen for her in a sense. Go ahead.
3: Well and, well, and this is not to like put my Mothma down. It's just, I think it's just how it is in her, you know, just who she is. I think the love of her life is her career.
0: Yes. She's very passionate yeah. about her job. She really believes in what she's doing.
1: Yeah, the stakes for her are so high that she would put the rebellion before her, you know, before her own body.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. I I do think that she really, truly believes in what she's doing, and what she's doing is right, and that she knows that the Empire, you know, the Senate, the Imperial Senate and all that stuff is just it's bad news bears. So she's like, we got to actually do something. She's righteous. She's a righteous character. I like it. Um, But the power and the powerful emotional arcs in this episode, it's just, and he goes back to, to reconnect with Bix and she's like, look, good luck. Peace out. So it's hard to find an ally in this struggle. And even when um, I don't know her name, but the, the, the red hooded lady, when she met up uh-huh. with the rebellion, the, the rebellion Sandra lady. Up
3: with the killer
1: coat.
0: It, there was a killer coat for sure. Absolutely, I'm wearing the same color, and uh, the the dynamic there was also like, who's your friend? Who's your ally? How do we? This is what revolutions look like. Is it though? It's really, it's really interesting. Yeah, this is, it's very interesting show.
3: Well, why does the revolution have to look the same way for everybody?
0: Yeah. And, you know, they all have, that's, I think that's really one of the through lines is like, what is the central thing that the rebellion defines itself as? And I think that that's what we're going to find out watching the show. And it's a great, it's it's really great. You know, it's yeah. like the birth of America. How does America, <laughs> you know, it's the same, it's Hamilton. We're watching Hamilton, Star Wars. We're version. watching <laughs> Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs>
3: There's going to be the theme song at the end of season finale that's going to be Lin-Manuel rap, rapping about my name
0: Andor. is Cassian Andor <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's not enough sim, sim, syllables, simultons um, <laughs> the, I, it's, wow It's and I like that they were like hey look Imperial droid but we're not just going to say it's K2SO, <laughs> it's just an Imperial oh. droid, we're going to introduce the Imperial droids Um so that's yeah, that to was also awesome.
3: like, that K two SO was special.
0: Yeah. These other th-
3: were dicks. He was and that's perfect, a cool- dick. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. And I think it's a cool thing to do that to tease, mm-hmm. to get us to get us to actually fear these Imperial Droids, see what how they work, how they're just relentless and how their like mentality is and it's funny. Now it even makes K2SO in Rogue One even more interesting oh, it because puts you're like,
3: things, it, 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 yeah. exactly. It puts things in it. It retcons in the way that it puts things in better context.
0: Yes, it does put things in way better context for sure. Like you, you see how these these droids, these particular droids operate and how they're programmed, and then so it makes K2SO even funnier and even yeah. more. Interesting because you're like, wow, this guy's just a killer bot or just like a relentless. Bot. He He's kind of that's his me- th- way of thinking, and now that makes him even funnier in those scenes because a lot of the honestly, the scenes yeah, in Rogue because, One
3: because they never relent,
0: they de- they're they right. unrelenting, yeah,
3: yes, relentless.
0: They're all Sorry. relentless. What
3: we do, yeah, no, I, we, I was gonna what, say, what we do in the shadows,
0: oh, but. I, I think that... <laughs> uh, well,
3: they called me, call me Kate Whistle the Relentless because I never relent. It's is that Nandor? Because there's Andor, also Nandor?
1: A, a Nandor. Yeah. yeah. There's a Nandor, Nandor, Nandor poster.
0: Nandor. I saw, oh, the, I saw gotta, the poster.
1: Yeah, you got to well, find it and send it to Colleen because great minds think alike. Somebody yes. has already made this connection with you. <laughs>
0: made a rhyme. I just wanted to say real quick about uh, K2SO in Rogue One. His comedy was, it was like slightly funny, but now it's actually in a better context to be like, oh, well, that's why it's, to me, his comedy is the comic moments of K2SO in Rogue One didn't like really punch you in the gut. They were just kind of like, uh-huh. That was, that was awkward. That was weird. But now it it kind of like puts it into a little bit more of a context of being like, wow, that is really interesting for this character to say or do um
3: know yeah, once once the season's over i want to go back and rewatch rogue one
0: after the first three episodes i went back and watched the final third of rogue one and totally <laughs> yeah and, and to, totally it's congruous it's good it's like it's, it makes sense it actually connects and i was saying with my friend keith we were texting about this we were saying if we had Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, Rogue One, and this series, we would have a whole other understanding of how Star Wars is. We would have a whole dramatic version of, of Star Wars. You know, Return of the Jedi, we had a bunch of teddy bears, which I have no problem with. I was the right age to watch that. So when I saw it, I was <laughs> yes,
3: like... I love the Ewoks. Love them.
0: Yeah. There's no pro- I got no problem with I, that. I, I, I wish
3: there was a teddy rexman, but make it an Ewok.
0: You can do easily do that. Um, you just put this hood on. There, that I have right here, this, this hood right here. You just take a teddy ruck spins and you put it on here. Look at this. I
3: can't. I'm not. I. Oh, I gotta go to Twitch.
0: Let me see. Does this mask still work? No, this mask is dead. Sorry. Look, I have. Bring me the head of Chewbacca.
1: Get, get your fingers someplace. out of his mouth.
0: I will get my fingers out of his mouth. Would I damn well please? Um, Let's... (laughs) Alright, let me put his glasses on so you can't see his sockets. There's also another Chewbacca underneath there. Let me just show you. You can see Chewbacca. There's another Chewbacca in there with his eyes peering through. That is to say... He ate the other Chewbacca? (laughs) There's a Chewbacca inside there. And if I had a smaller Chewbacca... I'd put. Another smaller. That smaller, yeah, Chewbacca.
1: smaller... <laughs> that smaller <laughs> so... Chewbacca is called an Ewok.
0: Yes, a cheat, Chew Chew choo You know they were supposed to call Wookie. Chewbacca's a Wookie, and Ewok is just the reversal of the phonemes in that. That was on purpose because they were supposed to be actual Ewoks. A pl- I mean Wookies, a planet of Wookies. But then I think they didn't have a budget for fur, so they cut cut them all in half.
1: Yeah. They made him all tiny. Amazing. What if, what if they had decided like Chewbacca was the weird one? Like he was the only one that got that tall, and that's what he's been. <laughs>
3: that Also, means like the Dikembe Mutombo of.
0: Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> he's, he's the giant. Uh, the he's East the virgin. <laughs> I can't do his voice. No, 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 no.
3: Or oh, the Yao Yeah, the Yao Ming.
0: Uh well no to the, uh, the, the camera but...
3: the Andre the Giant.
0: Yeah he, he would be the Yao Ming the Giant version of the Ewoks. Yeah, he's just out of place. <laughs> I didn't say they all were this tall. Um
3: so, or like twins. So like he was honored Schwarzenegger surrounded by a society of Danny DeVitos.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I love Ewoks are all Danny
1: DeVito's now. <laughs>
0: that would be amazing. Could you imagine? No. All you oh would watch God. is It's Always Sunny.
3: Somebody here's needs a- to do like an Ewok scene where it's all like Danny DeVito, like, Danny steps DeVitos. over machine Danny DeVito lines.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're making all those noises. That be good.
1: But it's all Danny DeVito talking. Yeah, it's just his <laughs> lines from It's Always Sunny.
0: If you had the time and
1: determination, that would be really good.
0: Oh man, I might have that. I might have both of those things. Uh, So the the, yeah, you just have like Princess Leia sitting down next to, and then you superimpose Danny DeVito going like, "It's a it's a rum ham, (laughs) have some." (laughs) I would love that.
3: Your mother, your mother was a whore. (laughs) Or.
1: She's talking about. Do you remember our mother? <laughs> <laughs> and when he, he's like,
3: No, I wanted to be my bang, was a, my bang mate. My bang, bang bang. my bang mate.
1: Oh, no. You have, uh, you have made up. Return of the Jedi even better than it already <laughs> yeah. was. Thank you. Yay.
3: Thank
0: you. Return of the Jedi as a kid, that was my favorite one. That was actually my that
3: favorite too. And it actually. I'm sorry. I still like it better than Empire.
0: Well, here's the thing. This is the problem with Empire is that there's no problems with Empire. It's a kind of a perfect movie, except though it is right. the middle of a story. <laughs> and like exactly. we get, which, which I don't mind. Cause it does feel like emotionally, uh, that part of the story feels emotionally concluded in a sense. Cause now we're like, yeah, now we're and onto it. The what?
3: within the context now we have like
0: since yeah.
3: we have like we have the reach our uh, return of the jedi to come after now we ha- had empire in yeah. you know the entire context
0: yeah although even as a kid I, I could watch empire over and over again without having to but it's always good to to conclude it with Return of the Jedi. I, I just liked the emotional conclusion of Return of the Jedi. It's definitely a flawed film compared to The Empire Strikes Back and Star Wars. Oh, I
2: yeah,
0: but, it, you know, I forgive it for some reasons, for those reasons. Lewis Barry says awesome show. Uh, thanks so much, Lewis Barry. I hope you talk about my show and also Andor. Andor is an awesome show for sure. Um, okay, I'm but-
3: gonna get going, guys, but this is fine. It's a you guys great watching with you guys and I will talk to you
0: all later. Talk to you Bye-bye. later Khalid thanks for being here and contributing to the Aristotle Full Throttle show well, yeah we were just finished episode 7 of Andor and let me just say the emotional uh, moments in this episode are just so good and interestingly enough Cyril now works in that what do you, what would you call that an octacle instead of a cubicle an octacle <laughs> and they had a little imperial droid go go by his feet that little uh roller droid which was like oh the
1: mouse droid
0: the mouse droid now i what i like about the the fact that they will bring us familiar things from star wars but there's always an organic reason there's oh so they're not just throwing it in there like for instance in rogue one they just cut to c3po and r2d2 going oh like just out of nowhere on yavin <laughs> to be like mm-hmm. by the way here they are, because you know. I remember the these audience guys? Reason. Yeah, the audience knows this, so this is just this would make no sense in telling the story other than to show it to the audience that already knows it. Also, I, my one of my major criticisms of Rogue One, and I still kind of am on the fence about it after rewatching the the final third of Rogue One a few weeks ago after watching the first three episodes of Andor. the The appearance of Darth Vader at the end. When he's just dicing up the rebellion. Which, by the way, is much more put together at that point. They've got uniforms that match. Um, and helmets and everything. Oh yeah, so, they got hats. Yeah, and right now we're seeing like the birth of that. Like They're just using sticks and stones. It's like the Ewoks again. It's kind of like bookending. But the appearance of Darth Vader at the end of Rogue One, where he's like slicing and dicing the rebels, I'm kind of like, narratively, it, it's a little iffy because it doesn't really make sense for us to glorify. And it's it kind of does and it doesn't at the same time. Like, I've rewatched it and recontextualized it, but the, the when I saw Rogue One in the theater, people were cheering when Darth Vader was cutting down the uh, rebels. And I'm like, you guys realize that this movie has failed if you're cheering at the bad guy killing the good guys?
1: <laughs> like, yeah. it seem,
0: it seems... It seems a little weird that at the end of the movie, you're like, yeah, bad guy, go kill those rebels. <laughs> but I understand that people were impressed by his physical dominance and his ability to do this. Uh, and we hadn't seen Darth Vader do that. And then I feel like that's my major criticism for Obi-Wan. It was like, okay, Darth Vader could do all this super, like he's he's OP and we don't need OP. We don't need an OP villain. Um, I'm not down with OP. Judy, thoughts?
2: Yeah, there was probably... Oh. oh, yeah, Judy. I'm just chilling and listening. Um, okay.
0: Yeah. Mark, do you have a favorite moment? Do you have a moment that stood out for you in this episode?
2: Um, I think I, it was just really sad that, like, he couldn't go home again, right? Like, yeah. He's forever an an orphan, you know, and it just... Mm -hmm. this you know and it also was sad that like um i forget her name but like his adopted mom basically right um Mm -hmm. she you know she was talking about this this rebellion that happened and not knowing that he was a part of it and he's trying to tell her like listen it's not all it's cracked up to be Mm -hmm. but like what she's holding her hat on so i don't know that just just that all stuck with me
0: that was really powerful
2: yeah i think it's the overarching sadness of like Mm rogue right like there is a purpose for all of this but there's also just a lot of like it's so sad it's all yeah it's not happening yeah i
1: think uh it's the reality of
2: of war of fighting against the powers that be yeah
0: and they are that was a really that i think is the 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 major theme of this episode is you can't go home again like all of these people have to sort of sacrifice their home they have to leave their well, even emotional with mom, home yeah
2: right like he's truly like realizing now that like she's got to you know absolutely cut herself off from her family i mean yeah internally right mm-hmm. She's been doing it for a while but she she truly has to just continue to make that cut like so
0: that's and really it's powerful. interesting
2: uh,
1: the difference between mon motivation for heading the rebellion it's her personal conviction her belief that things need to change. And then um, how Cassian got involved, which is he has no home. He has nowhere to go. So his home ends up being the rebellion. And that's how people, yeah. those are like pretty much the two directions that people join um, uprisings from.
0: And, and just from like a, a performance standpoint, in the sense that Mon Mothma and Luthen are, are, it's, this is just like genius writing and acting and directing. They're both performing a part and you can both, you could, you need a good actor to do these things. So they're both keeping up appearances. They're performing a part, but you can see the real person. You could see the real person behind their eyes and their actions. And it's, it's incredible that, the way that they're so good at doing that (laughs) as actors, you know, we are looking at Mothma with like, like, um, like kind of taking in the fact that people have to die. And she's like understanding the reality of the extent of what's going on in, in the galaxy. And then she's like smiling at the same time. Thanks so much. (laughs) And leaving. And you're just like, wow, that's just an incredible um, dynamic character that, that Star Wars just really doesn't has... This is why I think it's good for TV. Like, this is what we want. This is what I want. Week to week, I want to be able to... I want my telenovelas, you know? I want my Well, oh, what you
1: want is what a, the entire country should want because, you, you know,
0: there are yeah, correct
1: things to want and there are incorrect <laughs>
0: things. <laughs> exactly. And my opinion is factual. So I, <laughs> I would say...
2: But again, for, that... For. that it,
0: it does worry me. That people are like sleeping on this show. They're not like hyping it up like I am. They're kind of like, it's good. (laughs) Me. It's just like, but be excited about it. It's good. It's really good. If you're excited about this, viewership is down. I'm I'm reading the numbers and stuff, or at least the talking. They're like, eh, you know, people aren't watching it because they don't it's just not a bunch of member berries. It's not just a bunch of pew pew laser swords and, and whatnot. It's actually good drama. And if we don't watch this, if we don't support this, we're just going to get the same old mediocre stuff. And I don't even hate to say it, but I will acknowledge Boba Fett and the Obi-Wan show were mediocre. And I don't think that that's really, um, I don't think that, I think that's a fair criticism. It was like they kind of didn't need either of them in the sense that you don't need any show, but you want to feel like you do. (laughs) You want to feel like, where has this been this whole time? Um, Why haven't we had this? Um, Daryl says, Andor is mediocre. I wholly disagree with you. I think it is an excellent show. I think perhaps what you don't appreciate about it is all of the good stuff. Uh, the director and the actors are better. Also, the writing is better. So if you have acting, writing, and directing, I don't know what else you would want in a show, honestly.
1: I uh, <laughs> I, I definitely agree that Andor is a fantastic show. However, I yeah. can see how, um, how certain ways of watching media, like the, the ways that some people consume things... Um, it doesn't lend itself well to. It's not a show that you can have on in the background. You have to pay attention to this one in order to to get the full feeling of it. Um, and it's, you know, it's not a nostalgic show and it's not a whatever. I don't know what kind of berries you're talking about because I've never seen these berries. But no, 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 the berries? not so many of those berries. It sounds like you're saying mama berries, which is not me- a word. Me-
0: I'm saying member berries. Like you remember this part? Like, you remember that? You're just picking from the member oh. berry tree. Like, oh look, it's a thing I remember from a thing. It, like Ryan George memba says berry. on Ryan it's a George South on. Park
2: thing. Oh, I did it all the South Park.
0: I heard it from my friend. Oh. My friend. Yeah,
2: it's a it's a South Park thing. I'm I'm almost positive.
0: It's Ryan horrible. George from pitch meetings would say is he goes, "Oh, that's the thing from the thing." Like he just. So and if you guys watch Pitch Meetings, it's it's a great show. Ryan George is probably one of the best content creators for media, for, uh, like commentary. Because he'll so he'll have like a writer go into a meeting with an executive and be like, "Hey," and then we're just going to sprinkle all this stuff in for the fans, and then the executives Brinkles. like, "Oh, that, I remember that. That's the thing from the." Oh, thing. I remember that. <laughs> uh, Daryl's complaint is there I are no it. plot twists, uh, but I, I would just want to say that. Mm. There, this is the, we're getting to those plot twists. I guarantee you, we're, we have to build a world. Like if it would be like, well, think about it this way. Season two, what episode? I don't know which episode it is in season two of Game of Thrones. Major plot twist, Red Wedding. (laughs) The end of season one, the end, the last episode of season one of Game of Thrones big old surprise. So I would just like to say that's pretty Yeah, it's good. very
1: much in that political drama style of, like, you yeah. gotta you gotta be in it the whole way through so that that last moment really gets you. Because if you're not paying attention and if you're not invested the whole way through, it's not gonna matter. I gotta, yeah. I gotta step twist. out, I gotta go grocery shopping. I had a lot of fun. Well, thank you for including me.
0: Thank you, Ray, for, uh, I'm sorry, sorry, Chiroptera <laughs> for being here. Uh, but, whatever my name is but yeah, whatever your name was enjoy have a wonderful night uh rings of power has elves who were mutilated and turned into orcs they can't be in the sun anymore so they created mordor god gladriel hates them but she also acknowledges that they're victims okay so it's more complex writing than andor i totally disagree daryl i don't actually i've been i've watched every episode of rings of power and i actually do not care about anybody <laughs> in that show, I watched every episode. It, like I feel like every time that Gladriel shows up, she's just kind of like meh, meh, and then also the uh, the other thing about that show that I, I is like things just happen. They're like, and now we're gonna get on a boat, and now we're over here, and now we're gonna make some rings, and now. <laughs> It like it just we we see we watch shows differently it seems uh judy do you have any last words
2: uh no um <laughs> well i guess that's not true there's always last words to be said but i will say this so i was one of those people who was slow to get on board um yeah. and i'm not even sure why because i liked the first two episodes when i saw them but um I just, I I fell off. So I'm glad that I'm kind of back on board because it really truly is a lot of great acting and, you know, I'm excited to see where they go. Like, what's going to happen? He just got sentenced to six years, so how's he going to get out of this?
0: (laughs) Right, because we know in five years, you know, what happens. Yeah, But also, interestingly enough, too, I think that, um, you know, that... uh, this is what I want in a show. I want a show where week to week, there's emotional actual peaks and valleys of what's going on. I, I in Boba in the book of Boba Fett, we just got Boba Fett in a back to tank every week. <laughs> Sleep. There was a good episode. There were two good episodes of the book of Boba Fett, and they were the Mandalorian, which was when. Uh, but again, it was just all straight up member berries because Mandalorian was building literally Anakin's speeder into a new ship, which was like, kind of like, all right, well, I guess we're going to do this. (laughs) Um, I do think that, uh, that the characters are complex in this show, which makes them interesting to me. I think that their relationships are interesting. I find that the whole idea of feeling like you are under the, the umbrella of this, incredibly powerful entity, the Empire, and y- there, where is the hope? This all leads into a new hope for the galaxy. And I like that they organically include things that are from what we remember, and they don't just arbitrarily include things from what we remember. Um, they, there's a reason there's a little mouse droid in the corporation office building that Cyril is in. There's a reason because it gives us a, an idea of what's go- of who's really in power, the fascists, the fascist power that's over overlooking this operation. Um, you got K2SO dro- like style droids because they're just enforcers. They're just, they're just muscle. They just grab you and throw you against a wall and bring you to jail. And they didn't say this was K2SO. They gave you an idea of how these exist in this in the Star Wars universe because the first time we saw that type of droid was in Rogue One but now we get a little more context of that specific type of droid uh, Daryl says, I like episode seven. The writing is better. I'm just saying that the first half of the show isn't great. A lot of great shows are like that. Dark uh, on Netflix is an example. Very boring until midseason. Well, you know, I've heard good things about Dark. Uh, I want to check that out. But that's also true. What Daryl is saying. A lot of times people are like, yo, you just got to get through the first 27 episodes and then it gets great. <laughs> so that is a very true statement. Um, that's why I think it's good to like kind of turn people on to Andor now and get them to like. Because I rewatched the first three episodes in another straight binge because I was like, it, it's just for me the drama is what's keeping me glued to the screen. Um, the 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 fact that we're like finding out little dribs and drabs of what these people are planning and feeling during this plan. And, and I think that Diego Luna, um, my, like, he's so good. Like Diego Luna is so good. And I, I need to learn the actor's name who plays Mon Mothma because she is Mon Mothma is the actor. She's been playing Mon Mothma since episode, I think three, uh, which is so cool because when you have an actor that great and dynamic, Genevieve, O'Reilly, Genevieve O'Reilly, Genevieve O'Reilly, Genevieve O'Reilly. You just say it three times and then you remember. Daryl says, um, because things are being set up, people didn't give Rings of Power the same benefit of doubt. Um, Rings of Power is a mixed bag. I'll give you that. The first episode did not like it. Second episode thought it was going to be excellent. Um, Then the show kind of went up and down for me. The final episode, the season finale, if we're going to talk about Rings of Power briefly, I liked the introduction, or at least the acknowledgement, of certain characters. And I was like, that's interesting. One of the one of the actors, you know, the guy they found in the woods, <laughs> I'll just say. The guy who's kind of like a wild man. He he was born of fire in the first episode, the end of the first or second episode. That character got Instantly became interesting at the end of the season in, a, in the sense of like, oh, wow. Interesting. Um, so there's some good there's some good acting in the Rings of Power and there's some good that I just wish that, um, you know, not everybody can be Tolkien. So they can't like come up with because this is kind of, apparently this is based on some of uh, the Smyrullians stuff. Uh, I don't know how to even say that uh corruptor is the expert in that but like the it, it, it's just hard to adapt material you're not, not everybody can be peter jackson and just cuz i could watch lord of the rings for 12 hours i could watch the original i'll just put it on and leave it on all day it's 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 just great um and it feels i actually instantly care about when uh who is it pippin he says second breakfast i was like oh, that's hilarious that got that hooked me in. Um, but I'm saying that the characters all had very distinct personalities in the original Lord of the Rings trilogy, which is what I gravitated toward. I feel like in Rings of Power, there's just um, the one little Harfoot girl who's the friend of the. <laughs> she's amazing. There's like one there's one actor slash character in the whole show that I think, and also um, Galadriel's. Uh, love interest, or or at least the 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 person that she's paired with for most of the show. He's really good. <laughs> He's really good, um, and I kind of like their dynamic. But um, the show, have, Judy, have you watched that Rings of Power? No, I'd, I I'd don't
2: say- any, I don't have any uh, draw to open. it.
0: I didn't either actually I did I really wanted it to be to 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 be more excellent and it's just it's, it it just for me that show just feels like then this happens, and then we go over here and do this, and now we're doing this <laughs> it didn't there were some emotional moments in it, like that last episode had a big emotional moment, but then it relied a lot on a single actor being great, and actually the moment was great. Um, don't want to give it away. But anyway, wrapping up Episode 7 of Andor, I am fully on board with this as a drama, as a Star Wars drama. If we had give, been given this series after Rogue One, Empire Strikes Back, and A New Hope, I think that we would have a whole other prism to look at Star Wars through, instead of like Jar Jar Binks, let's say, <laughs> or some other... You know, I think the sequel trilogy. I hope all of the member berries are spent. I just think they did a they did a bad approach with Star Wars. Maybe they should have done some series, television series first, and then done the sequel trilogy. They could have teased us for a few years, figured out how to just get all of the the uh, nostalgia to level off, and then in, reinvest into a show and I am reinvested into this. It's really hard to do. This is really hard to do. What they did with the show for me, for my opinion is very difficult. They kind of reinvented a format for star Wars for this show in the sense of, um, they made a new type of show that we would not expect. You know, the, the Boba Fett, Book of Boba Fett and Obi Wan felt like prequels, kind of level stuff. Um, You know, if you
2: want to watch things that have a similar feel to Andor, uh, watch Rebels. Rebels cartoon.
0: (laughs) I'm a grown man. I don't watch cartoons. What are you talking about, Judy? I just watched Space Wizards and Laser Guns. <laughs> That's what I watch. Um, I started watching Rebels. I did years ago, when it first came on, or a couple of years ago, or whatever. I just watched the first two or three episodes. Um, But I, 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 it, it was hard, f- maybe because it's all out now, I can binge it. Because I remember they were doing it week to week, and I was like, it wasn't hooking me in, um, but I could see the criticism of Andor saying, "Hey, if we if I just watched the first episode or this just the first two episodes, I'm not like, um, you're not like fully hooked in yet. It has to it's right. slow burn
2: because Rebels is all new characters at that point. Yeah, like we've never seen any of these people um so it is it's a lot of getting to know new people new planets new you know ways of things happening and actually rebels takes place at the same time as andor does
0: noted i'm going to say the diplomatic answer i will take that into consideration (laughs) 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 i might end up watching it one day my friend david gave me the whole um clone wars on DVD, he gave me the, all the Clone Wars years ago, I had them for two years and I st- and I finally put he, he gave them to me on DVD because he likes physical media for some reason, even though I'm literally streaming everything um, <laughs> saves me on space I don't need closet space for any DVDs or anything like that um, he, he gave that to me and I said when I put on the first DVD of the Clone Wars I said, the moment the very moment i see yoda dancing around with a lightsaber i'm turning it off and that <laughs> happened at like minute 11 yeah <laughs> so i said i'm yeah, out totally. done yeah
2: no rebels is a very different feel than um clone wars for sure
0: yeah i'll i'll, I'll check it out um eventually or I'll, maybe i'll watch it we can <laughs> and kind of <laughs> okay, we'll see I I just I don't know. There's something I've worried about. I just my purest brain is always like Star Wars is live action movies, uh, so that's that's kind of how I approach this particular medium. Yeah, this, this and
2: thing. we see where yeah. these live action movies have gotten us. So, well, I'm, just saying, this, just, I'm saying just because it's live action doesn't mean it's okay.
0: <laughs> I hear what you're saying. But I, for what I'm saying specifically is like this show feels cinematic. It feels more like a movie than a TV show. And I feel like like I hear what you're saying. It doesn't mean it's like better because of that. But what I enjoy about Star Wars is the cinematic aspect of it. It's a very cinematic um, thing. All right, last uh, comments, and then I'm going to wrap it up and then go eat some hard-boiled eggs. Uh, Daryl says, couldn't the heist have happened in the first – the episodes that dropped, it could have been harder to criticize the show if it, the the waste time setting up the heist, in my opinion. Daryl, I, I disagree. I think that they could have done that, but we would not have gotten to know every member of that team. We would not have gotten had time to actually understand each one of their motivations. By the time that, uh, you know, these are all spoilers if you're watching, by the time... Cassian and Andor kills Skeen, that relationship would not have ebbed and flowed to the point where it's gray again and Cassian taking that like there's just so much character work going on that perhaps it's so imperceptible in the sense that um, I guarantee you you would not have cared about that heist had they not built it up the way they did. You would not have thought twice about that heist the way that it came off. And I'm just saying this because I think that they did a masterful job of building that up. It could have happened in episode five, though, instead of six. So maybe one episode sooner. Uh, It could have been a little faster to get to that point. But I really enjoy the slow burn and getting to know these. You know, I I really like the show Breaking Bad. And that is, they want to say it's four seasons or five seasons, but then they cut it up into six seasons, however many seasons Breaking Bad is. (laughs) That brought us week to week to get to know certain aspects, certain characters. Like we got to know Mike, we got to know Gus, we got to know Walt, we got to know, um, you know, like every... Like Jesse, like we we would know about their lives. We'd know about them as people. So by the time things happened to them, we were emotionally impacted in a way that you just wouldn't be if you didn't spend that time with them. Daryl never cared about the heist. All right. Sorry for whining about Andor. It's okay. Everybody's got an opinion. That's why we come to talk about it here on Aristotle Full Throttle. And this is the wrap-up. Uh, opinions are opinions. It doesn't matter. It's just it's what you think about a show. Judy likes Rebels. I got to try to watch it, maybe. Um, Daryl likes uh, the House of the Rings. Wait, the Lord of the Rings of Power. Um, I find it meh. I happen to love Andor. Not everybody's into it. But I think we all like different things about Star Wars, and that's what makes Star Wars great, period. I think we all, that's that's what we're seeing. We all love Star Wars. Judy's like, I love Star Wars this way. Daryl's like, I love Star Wars that way. Ray and Colleen and like Star Wars for reasons. And that's the beauty of it. I'm, I'm a fan. <laughs> I'm a fan just like everyone else for uh, Star Wars. And I hope that uh, for me, this feels like a gift, this show. I'm like, thank you. For because if you go back at my show from years ago, when I heard that Disney was acquiring Lucasfilm, they said, Oh, we're gonna do TV series, we're gonna do, and I was like, Oh my, that's, that's such an incredible, vast world you can play in. Because I'm a big fan of Game of Thrones as well, and Game of Thrones was like, We got to know every little character, not just literally little character, but every character. Um, We got to know where they were in Westeros and what they meant to these different groups of people. And and that takes time. That takes, you know, depending on how you look at Game of Thrones, you can fast forward the end of it like they did with the last four episodes, (laughs) or (laughs) you can spend several seasons building up the lore, building up the meaning behind everything. So by the time, let's say, spoiler alert, Joffrey gets killed, you actually are stoked about it <laughs> in such a great way. Um, but you know it's got to happen at some point, but it just takes a while. <laughs> it takes a while. And you're just like, good golly, we need to dispatch this guy. But that's a that's great thing about drama and is like you, you, you can despise a character and then like them and vice versa. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining me. I'm Aristotle Full Throttle. Um, and I'll, I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you sooner or later. Uh, I just got my bivalent Moderna booster today and I came home and went right to sleep and I had a headache. So we'll see. I feel better now. We'll see how I'm feeling tomorrow. So have a good night. Good luck. And may the force be with you.
2: (laughs) Good night.